Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday the 11th of December 2017. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on today's show, we go behind the scenes on the players' annual Christmas charity visits. We look at the letter P in the A to Z of Arsenal and Adrian Clark is back to preview another double game week at the chalkboard. We kick off though by looking back at the weekend trip to St Mary's with our Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. I'm pleased to say that Mark Mann-Brian's football reporter for the Press Association now joins us on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Mark, how's it going? Yes, not too bad, thank you. Like a little bit snowbound, but I'm surviving. Good, yeah. It's certainly been a snowy backdrop to the weekend action. Before we get onto all of that, um, we'd be intrigued to just get your thoughts on the midweek game, first of all, as the Gunners stick six past Barton Borisov to sign off their Europa League campaign in terms of the group stages in pretty positive fashion. Yes, you know, I mean, a lot of people have been saying that Beta were, were a poor side and I don't think anybody could debate that. But the old mantra is you can only really beat what's in front of you. And I thought Arsenal was superb. I think Jack Wilshere in particular, you know, he's... He's desperate to get into that Premier League team, and I don't think he can do he can do any more than he has done in these these six Europa League games. Where you know in most of those games he he's been the man of the match in my eyes. Absolutely. So you look at he, Theo Walcott, Olivier Giroud, all on the score sheet, and and hopefully this is a, a big statement for what lies ahead in all different competitions to have these guys fighting really hard from what we saw in that game. Of course, yes. You know the three of those in particular are pushing for Premier League football. They've we've spoken to them at different points during the Europa League campaign. They don't hide their frustrations. I think Arsenal Wenger will be very aware of their frustrations. But I also think Arsenal know that, you know, invariably Christmas is the busiest time of year. He's been relatively lucky for a change with injury so far, but you never know when you're going to need someone like, as Olivier proved at Southampton, when you're going to need someone like that. And Giroud, a case in point after what was such an impressive display off the bench at the weekend as well. In the end, Southampton won. Arsenal won was the final score. Here's a quick reminder of Giroud off the bench and getting the job done. Lassenage to Alexis. Arsenal have history of that saving late goals. Olivier Giroud, the man who normally gets them. Alexis in towards Giroud! And he does it again! Super sub, Olivier Giroud! Sends those fans into rapture. Southampton won, Arsenal won. 
classic stuff from Giroud, who's breaking and levelling all kinds of records as a Premier League replacement these days, isn't he? Yes, he is. And, you know, he's, he's, all records are good for players. Harry Kane reached 50 for the year at the, the weekend, but Olivier will be pleased with that. that. I think the one thing that will worry him is that, as you said, all the records he seems to be breaking as a substitute, and he's a player who thinks, in a World Cup year in particular, that he should be, he should be playing a lot of more football, I think. But he is a player who, as we know, is such a useful foil, uh, a useful alternative option. It's a case, as you say, about how he grows that and where he perhaps targets and hones it for what lies ahead. Exactly, yes. I mean, he's a great option off the bench. I think that's one thing that may stifle him because he can come on in those moments where a game's really really tight and, un- and unlock a defence with with a bit like we saw yesterday. And, you, you know, he's, he's, he's a great option for Arsenal. He's a great centre-forward and he loves Arsenal. You know, he proved that he could have left in the summer, but he, he loves where he is at the moment. And he's someone with a World Cup in mind with France as well. He wants to play as much football as he can and be as pivotal a character as he can be. There's, there's another motivation clearly there for a man of his age as well. Of course, yeah, this is going to be his last opportunity to go to a World Cup. You know, he's not going to be silly enough to think he'll be going to Qatar, but... I think he's got the good thing is for Olivier he's got the ear of the French national team. I think they're big fans of his. There's, there was some murmurs last week there saying he needs to move, but if he can get a couple of games in, in this Arsenal team in the Premier League, there's no saying that you know just because just because Mr. Lacazette came in in the summer doesn't mean that he's going to automatically be first choice. Now. One of the issues, I guess, for Giroud being required is another slow start. Let's hear just a little bit from the boss, Arsene Wenger, on that situation with Arsenal not really getting into games as they would like. I felt that uh, the Man United game played a bit of part on, uh, in the head of uh, our defenders. You know, we felt, oh, we have... Uh, it was a bit in their head and a bit apprehensive to, to start well again. And uh, that's why sometimes... Uh, it's not too good to talk about the problem because you create even a bigger one. The Manchester United game, a classic example where it was effectively lost before it begun, despite a great performance there on in from Arsenal. And again, they were chasing their tail at St Mary's, weren't they? Yes, you know, so the, the two starts had very similar traits to them, which I think will worry Arsenal. Um, the defence seemed very slow to begin with. Obviously, Squadron Mustafi wasn't there yesterday. Pair may be a little undercooked given the amount of football he's played, but... They are. They are. You can't start Premier League games in that fashion anymore, and unless you're Manchester City, you can come from behind and beat anyone. But no one else is as good as them at the moment. Which is a concern, and it's something that the boss is now kind of almost more obviously highlighting. He's making this kind of clearer to everybody, isn't he, publicly? Yes, I think so. I think. I think most managers know they can't pull the wool over the fans' eyes by saying we're as good as them or that we're chasing them or anything like that because they're the better team. You know, we saw Jose Mourinho. Yesterday, almost conceded the title. So anyone below them, you're in the same boat, basically, aren't you? I guess in a positive note, though, at least it's another point at St Mary's on the back of the win last year, which is slowly righting the wrong of it being a bit of a bogey ground for a while. Yes, you know, I think they performed very well there last week. It was a, sorry, last year it was a midweek game, and they played really well. I remember Alexis played particularly well yesterday. They would have wanted a win. Arsenal admits you wanted a win, but if, when you go into the last three minutes and you're, you're losing, a point's a good result anywhere, I think. And sticking to the tried and tested as a whole, we talked about Giroud in detail. Is there the argument again with plenty of games to come in such quick succession over December to, to continue to mix things up and maybe give one or two of those other real standout players from the cup teams, the midweek teams, their chance? Yes, you know, I think Arsenal is going to have to mix the team up. I think you'll see it in a lot of teams across the Premier League. Arsenal's got a strong squad. You know, we talk about Wilshere, we talk about Giroud, we talk about Walcott, but there's also players like Mohamed El Nene has, has looked quite good in most of these Europa League games. 
could he come into the side, probably do a job. But he, he might be needed because they come thick and fast at this time of the year, as we know. And this fight for top four is so compelling, isn't it? With Manchester City continuing to romp clear again. Man United obviously losing by definition at the weekend. You've got Chelsea losing, Liverpool only getting a draw, Spurs appearing to refine a bit of form. It's going to be such a fascinating fight, isn't it, for what lies ahead? It's going to be ridiculously interesting. I think it's going to go all the way to the wire. Arsenal have two massive games on the horizon with Liverpool and Chelsea both to come to the Emirates. But I think if they can play the way they did against United, funnily enough, they could they could get results. They, they were very unlucky against United. They just need that cutting edge. But, you know, they showed against last, last year against Chelsea in particular that they can... They can turn the big teams over when they come to the Emirates. And with this kind of compelling situation of the Europa League being a very viable option for Arsenal this season after some great results, and that is another route maybe into the Champions League, let alone top four. So there are two key factors at play now for Arsenal, which is quite a rare situation for them, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. I mean, Arsenal's kept his cards close to his chest about what he will do when the Europa League rolls back around again in February. But I, And I do think that will be completely dependent on how their league form is going. You know, if they're knocking on the top four. If they're in the top four, then we'll probably see that rotated side again. But, if, you know, worst case scenario, they're five, six points off the top four after a horrible Christmas. Then maybe that becomes the option as it did for Manchester United and Marino last year. Well, Mark, a thumping win in midweek in Europe and a hard-fought point on the south coast at the weekend just gone. It's been a pleasure to have you back on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast to uh, review it all with us, sir. No worries. Speak to you soon. Last Tuesday, members of the first team squad and women's side visited a variety of local schools and hospitals to spread some festive cheer. Here's Per Mertesacker, Theo Walcott and Olivier Giroud speaking about the day. So Per, how proud are you that as a club, we as Arsenal come here and, and are able to do something like this? Yes, in my seventh year, the seventh time at, at Woodington Hospital here and it's very humbling because we can bring so much joy and to realise that and in sad times for, for kids and families, uh, just to give back something and bring a little bit of joy uh, means a lot to us and we feel even for players and with the ladies as well together uh, today is, is a good experience. It's not just about the presence, is it? It's, it's you turning yeah. up, it means so much to them. Yeah. How much does it mean to you? A lot, you know, when you have got healthy kids, you know, you, you do not appreciate that enough throughout the year and especially in December, Christmas coming up, um, you appreciate that even more, that you are healthy and to come here and to bring, put that smile on their faces is absolutely brilliant. And even us as players, you know, we, uh, we share good moments together here. So we can bring joy to people. We can, we can have fun together and uh, giving something back to the community, uh, <laughs> the nearest hospital to the stadium. So uh, we are very proud of that moment. And, and all the people who work here are very buzzed and to see us and that feels great. And as a parent yourself, when you yeah. walk around and you see the parents who are yeah. in hospital with their kids over Christmas, it gives you a, a really affects you, doesn't it? Yes, uh, it means a lot, and they're very grateful. And obviously, in sad times, you know, very passionate about mostly all of them about football and, and players. And we have got so many positive reactions today that we that we feel quite honoured to be here, and that they allow us to come here. Uh, because it's, sometimes it's difficult, you know, with all the emergency and all the cases. And but to come into these rooms and there's there's a good vibe and uh, means a lot. So we just continue what we have done and what we have experienced over the last years, 
that is absolutely necessary that we share those moments. So Theo, this isn't your first time here, but what's it like returning to the Teenage Cancer Trust Award? No, it's uh, no, it's great. It's um, you know the the nurse was saying some smiles haven't really been seen for a while, and you know the guys we walk in and straight away it's it's mad how strong football is to you know to the whole world uh, here especially. Um, it's great, got people involved in this games going on, people sort of socialising well, off their phones, all that sort of stuff. Um, and that's great, that's what we want to be part of, we want to be part of it, what the club do, you know, on and off the field, just fantastic for the community. And yeah, whatever we can do to support that course, you know, us players, we're going we're gonna to do that without a doubt. You guys have a huge impact, but particularly at Christmas, and it's important to do stuff like this, isn't it? Yeah, they always say Christmas is the, is the, is the time to bring people together and, and all this, but it's throughout the whole year that the guys will always spend time when, when, when they can. Uh, but yeah, we choose more so during Christmas, like I say. Obviously, we've got a busy Christmas period, but it won't affect anything like that because, you know, you see something different and, you know, this, like we said before, the smiles that the families get what they've not seen for a while is that's, that's all they ask for and you know if we can do any small margin of that to, to help them you know we're going to do that and uh, it's really nice to see and be part of um, just to finish obviously you're an elder statesman of the club yeah. now I mean this is part of what Arsenal always does does that get stronger for you each each year uh, yeah it's, it's stronger obviously me and my I've had kids as well and um yeah, it's, uh, it gets me to heart even more so than it ever has, to be honest. Um, obviously, going through, you know, with Finley, he's obviously had to go through his heart and etc. Um, and it, it does touch me when I see children who, who suffer, and it's, it's not nice to see. But like I say, um, you know, we're doing anything and if we can do to help. And like I said, the club are just fantastic. The way they support it and generate the funds to help these causes and these days, you know, be special for everyone. So Olivier, it's uh, Christmas season. We're spreading a bit of festive cheer. Obviously, there's a lot of kids here going through some very difficult stuff. Um, what's it like for you to come here? Uh, it's always uh, difficult, you know, because uh, um, um, cancer is um, is a reality. But uh, if we uh, we can bring a little bit of smile to the to the children, uh, we do it with great pleasure, you know. And uh, yeah, we try to share a nice moment with them and yeah, to uh, to make them happier. Or, to bring something else uh, to their journey. We were talking with uh, with somebody earlier, and they were saying that one of the people here they hadn't been out of bed for like three and a half weeks. They hear you're coming, they jump out of bed. You know, how does that make you feel when you hear things like that? Uh, you know, we play. Uh, we are we are doing an amazing uh, job, and uh, when uh, we can like uh, give some pleasure to uh, to. Uh, to children uh, who are ill, who are sick, and uh, we try to uh, to do it as uh, as more as we can, you know. And uh, I'm supporting myself. Um, uh, I have my own foundation, and uh, I am very touched, you know, about um, uh, this kind of uh, cause. So uh, if I can help, I do it with great pleasure. Okay, thank you for your time.
P is for Parler. The Romford Pele rose through the ranks at Highbury, becoming an invincible and scoring some truly memorable goals, most notably this stunner in the 2002 FA Cup final against Chelsea. It's good work by Wiltor. And Ray Parler takes it off. It's a vintage FA Cup goal for Arsenal. Only Ray Parler's second goal of the season has come in the FA Cup final. P is also for another invincible and FA Cup match winner in Robert Pires. Rob S scored the winner as we retained the famous trophy a year later against Southampton. Henri for Bergkamp, and they put it together right here. It's Freddie Youngberg, it's Robert Pires, it's 1-0 Arsenal. Unfortunately for Southampton and fortunately for Arsenal, it drops straight to Robert Perez. Pretty good finish. Finally, P is for the city where Robert played his final game for us, Paris. That came in the 2006 Champions League final. We returned to the French capital last season, drawing 1-1 against Paris Saint-Germain. Ozil, Alexis, back with Mesut Ozil. It's not a bad ball. Awobi! Good save. Alexis! Arsenal have equalised. We said it could happen, and Alexis Sanchez has levelled up the match. He's a big player, isn't he, Alexis Sanchez? And when his moment came, he held his nerve. It's a really good finish. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark.
Well, joining me at the chalkboard is none other than Adrian Clark. Clarkey, uh, Mark Man Brian's had a few snow issues uh, over the weekend, as he was just telling us. Uh, how about you? Um, yeah, I, I've stayed in London. So, uh, yeah, I, I preempted. I booked a hotel in London because I, I now live in Leicestershire, so, uh, which is pretty much snowed in. So um, I made a good choice. A little Christmas party tonight, Little Bird tells uh, me. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you at the bar. Yes. Yes, we shall <laughs> share one to uh, mark the passing of another year. Absolutely. Now, Snow Adrian has bought half the country to its knees. So your question on the chalkboard, what are the worst weather conditions that you have ever played in? <laughs> well, I, I think I've played in pretty much all terrible conditions. Um, I do remember having to um, delay a game, having to come off the pitch because of hagglestones. They, they, obviously, they, they, they really hurt. They were massive. So we had to, um, had to go in and then come back out again, which I think was for, uh, best for all concerned. Look, I've played in games that have been fogged off where you, you couldn't see into the other half. I've played in, in matches that were um, bone hard, that, that were abandoned and um, with frosty pitches. And wind... As well, I think I always found wind to be the most horrible condition to play in. Uh, yeah, I've played in games where the goalkeepers have not been able to get it outside their 18-yard box. It's just blown back towards them and, and look, they just said, look, enough's enough. Hardy man, Adrian Clark, is now safely inside studios for the majority <laughs> of his work, which I think is a wise call. Now, a double Premier League game week to look mm. forward to. Clarkie, West Ham midweek and then Newcastle at Emirates Stadium at the weekend to come. Six games in 22 days. This really is a key glut of games, isn't it, for where Arsenal's season is going to really sit and where it's going to go. They can make life much easier for themselves for the second part of the season, or they can make life considerably tougher um, because this is a critical stage of the season. Have a good December, and Arsenal... Not an easy street, but they can afford one or two little mistakes from January onwards. If, if they have a poor month now, they they will have to go on long, unbeaten stretches to stay in and around the top four, I think. So, yeah, big few weeks ahead. We'll start with the Hammers. Massive victory against Chelsea for them at the weekend. A first win in the iron colours for David Moyes. And a big confidence boost for them, no question, heading into our game. Not great timing for us, that performance from West Ham United. Much, much better, more organised, more fight you could just visibly see that they were running around with more intensity. That's they, what Moy said he'd do. Yeah, exactly. And it's taken a while maybe to get the fitness up. Um, but clearly they are fitter now under David Moyes. So, so look, it's going to be a physical challenge for Arsenal in this game. They are going to have to be on it right from the start because they got the tails up. That, that victory over Chelsea will undoubtedly have put a spring in their step. And look, they will feel that a double victory, a double derby victory, the Chelsea and Arsenal scalp, that that could reignite their, compl- their entire season, West Ham. So for them, this is this is that they will be highly, highly motivated. So Arsenal cannot, I repeat, cannot afford another slow start. From West Ham's point of view, almost better to not have a quick kind of bounce back for a couple of games just because of the new manager factor and then fall away again. Almost better to be a slight slow burner, but then with sustainable improvements, which is clearly what Moyes wants to keep them up and then keep them growing. Yeah, look, he's having a bit more time to work with the defence, which was all over the place before he got there. So so you can see a, a spike there. Look, I still don't know if Moyes is the right man for the job. I still am not completely convinced that, that it will be a success at Upton Park, but, but it's going well for them at the moment. He's getting players into form. I think he's got Lanzini into the right position now, which is in a central area. He's got Arnautovic playing on the left-hand side. Um, he, he scored last time out, and, and we know that he's a danger man when, when he's on, on his game. Mark Noble is back in the team, and when Mark Noble 
is 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 on song. West Ham are an entirely different side. So, so yeah, look, it, this is, the timing of the fixture hasn't worked out brilliantly for Arsenal. But as always, if they bring their A game, we should win the game. Moving then on to Newcastle United, this is a team almost going the other way, isn't it? In and around the top half for the first couple of months of the season, and they found results tough of late. They're in relegation form, aren't they? They're, they're, they're plummeting like a stone. They've got a championship squad, Russ. I, honestly, and I said this at the start of the season, I said, if they didn't have Rafa Benitez, we would be expecting Newcastle to go down. I, I was really surprised they didn't spend more money last summer. They desperately need new bodies in January. Um, look, OK, it's, it's never easy playing against Newcastle, but um, of the two fixtures, I, I would definitely fancy Arsenal on home turf to, to swat aside a, a Magpies team that are low on confidence. They're not defending brilliantly. Um, midfield unit, I wouldn't say, is functioning <laughs> superbly either. And up top, you've got Dwight Gale, who's found a bit of form. But I'm not convinced he or Jocelyn are a real Premier League class. And how much is the uncertainty about the club's ownership, I wonder, weighing heavily, particularly on the manager's shoulders, wow. the players potentially as well, where we could be seeing new investment, but it's still far from yeah. concluded. And that's what they need to splash out for me on three, four, five new top top quality, top-draw Premier League players. Definitely. I think the uncertainty is not helping Newcastle United. Um, the players, yeah, they don't know whether there's going to be a big, big influx in January or not. I think most of them will want uh, acquisitions to be made because they don't want to go down. I think they realise that with the current squad they're up against at Newcastle. Yeah, it's, it's not helpful. Look, they've got the right manager, though, Rafa Benitez. In in one-off games, he he's superb. He's a great tactician. And I would back him to to keep them up just, but without him, if he was to walk away. And it would not surprise me if if Mike Ashley hasn't sold up, if he hasn't um, reinvested in the team by uh, the end of January, it would not surprise me if Rafa walked away from this job and then Newcastle are bang in trouble. OK, Clarky, so we'll just quickly finish back on Arsenal. What's your take on one or two players maybe coming in for, for one of these games at least to mix things up? I would like to see a freshen up, Russ. I really would. I just felt... The, the, the previous two performances, Manchester United uh, and Barté Borisov, obviously diff two different sets of players, excellent, even though the result against United wasn't good. The attitude was spot on. Everybody was sharp, up for it. It was a real disappointment um, to see such a flat display at St Mary's. Um, it just felt as if one or two of the players were jaded. So I'm thinking that, that for the West Ham game, I wouldn't be surprised if there's... Um, at least three changes. I'd certainly bring Jack, Jack Wilshire in for yep. for possibly the injured Aaron Ramsey. I'd maybe leave, um, maybe leave um, either Alexander Lacazette or um, Alexis Sanchez out of this game as well. Okay, Clarky. Then with your managerial trench coat on as ever, give me a five second team talk as you prepare your side to walk out for both games about starting games better. If any of you make a defensive mistake in the first 20 minutes, you're getting fined. Um, that, that would be my team talk. Um, look, it's all about having the right start and the right tempo in these games. That is fair enough, Clarky. Love your thoughts on that. Also looking forward to another dose of this. Brain of Arsenal. Well, pleased to say that the Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor, Liam Roberts, joins us for Brain of Arsenal. Liam, good to have you with us, but not quite with us, because I believe you're snowed in. Uh, morning, fellas. Yeah, how are you doing? It's, uh, We're yeah, fine. Been, uh, you're, you're fine. You're fine and warm. Yeah, it's uh, been about a foot of snow, so we're locked in uh, Roberts' headquarters at the moment. Oh dear. Well, hopefully you'll be coming in at some stage over the course of the next few days, Liam. But get that, sled, <laughs> get that sledge out, Liam. <laughs> oh, snow day, snow day. 
<laughs> Love it. Remember what I said as well, even when I'm not there, I'm still there. So. <laughs> yeah, we can both vouch for that, I can assure you. So, Brain of Arsenal, uh, pretty exciting uh, new round of games to uh, look forward to, new round of questions. Yeah, so uh, Clarky, you won last week mm-hmm. um, answering questions on the 93-94 Cup double. Mm-hmm. Or was it 92 93 92-93, yeah. 92-93 Cup First question run for me. Um, and uh, Rush, you're back this week trying to uh, ensure that Adrian doesn't get to week three. You're answering questions on the Arsenal... 2008-9 to nine season as I slowly go you through some up, seasons. Yes, close, yes. Closer. <laughs> So uh, 08 to 09, which wasn't actually their best, I have to say, having done my research for it. But, you know, all good. So, um, uh, Russ, I think it's your turn to actually pick. you want to go first or second this week? I'll go first. I'll, I'll try and get it out of the way. OK, so uh, week one, question to you, starting now. Um, can you name three of the five players who left at the start of the season? Oh, who left... Oh, brutal stuff. <laughs> brutal over. That is brutal. I did all the ones that came in. Tick, oh. tick, tock, tick, tock. Oh, that is really hard. When's the buzzer going, Liam? Oh, man. Oh, no, I'm kind of enjoying this squirming. Oh. Oh. You sound like Amir Khan in the jungle. I feel like Amir Khan in the jungle. I feel like James DeGale in the ring. Um, no, 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 I'm not sure. I could, no, I could okay. randomly throw names out there, but I'm not going to embarrass myself, so no. Okay, you can learn Jens Lehmann, Matthias Flamini, Alexander Head, Gilberto, or Justin Hoyt. That is not good. Okay, all right, onwards and upwards. Question two How many Premier League goals did we score? Puzzled face again from Hargreaves. It was a plus 37 goal difference. 80, 72 points. Oh, my God. This is an absolute shocker. This is an absolute shocker. Uh, I am going to say 83. 68. Oh, God. It's awful. Awful. Question three. Who did we beat in the Champions League qualifying stage? Oh, God. I did remember reading this earlier as well. Oh, God. He's gone to pieces. He's gone to absolute pieces. Yeah. This isn't enjoyable, Liam. I'm not not enjoying seeing Russell squirm like this. I do... Oh, my God. Ah, I'm just trying to remember, because I know we finished either side of Porto and Dinamo Kiev in the group. Just trying to remember who it was that we played... Oh, my God. I can't remember. Um, just give me a minute. Give me a minute. <laughs> I need to get something out of this. We haven't got a minute, Russ. 20. 20. Yes, and should I? He's pulled, he's pulled it out of the tag. Wow. I, I think you were very generous with the time, oh. time constraints there. <laughs> Question four. Um, which team did we play in both the FA and the League Cup that season? I think it was Burnley. It was indeed, yes. Right. He, he saved it. He salvaged it. Two out of four. Oh, some tough week oneers there. Mm. Oh, jeez. Okay, two out of four in the end. Yeah. No. That, was, that, okay, so that was horrible. Adrian, three to win. Come on. Three to draw. So, question one. What was the date of the Coca-Cola Cup final? Oh, it was... Uh, I did read this at 18th of April. Correct. Oh, yes. Effortless. Um, how many goals did Ian Wright score in both cup that season? Oh, I, refer, I, refer, I um, 
I revised this last week. I think he scored 10. He scored 15. Oh! Incredible, Incredible cup season. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Incredible cup season. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't have got that. Question three, Arsenal beat Millwall on penalties in the second round of the Coca-Cola Cup. Mm. How many penalties did David Stevens save? How did he save? Oh, that's tough. Um, I think we won 3-1 on penalties. Um, do I get half a point for that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, on that basis, I'm going to say that he saved these two. Say three. Three. Correct. Pulled out the bag. So, level Peggins going into the final question. Hit me. So, to the nearest thousand, yeah. what was the attendance for the FA Cup final replay? Oh, I, I think I might know this because it was a very unusually low crowd. Um, I was there. Um, hastily arranged. It was wet. It was quite a horrible evening. The first first game was rubbish, um, as was the Coca-Cola Cup final. There was a crowd, and it's not exact, but I, I'm pretty sure it was a crowd of 62,400. 62,267, so that's, um, that is correct for the nearest thousand. I'm punching the air with delight. Buzzing. That's, uh, yeah, that's a fine effort. That's Good a work. Fine effort for week two. Good work. Thank you. Yeah, can't argue with that. I'm going to mix it up, I think, rather than going for season after season because they're such broad topics. I'm going to tighten it up a little bit. And I think it's only fair we go with somebody who's been mentioned in what we've just discussed. And seeing as he at least had two spells with the club, it's a little bit fairer. Would you be happy if I went with the Arsenal life and times of Mattia Flamini or even just his whole life and times if you want? I don't really mind. You tell me. Either or, mate. I'm, uh, I've got a week to research these questions. So, what would you what would you write? Let's go with his full life and times, Matthias Flamini. Matthias Flamini. Okay, so uh, next week, Adrian will be trying to get the dreaded week three. <laughs> and if I lose again, I'm just going to run through all of the players who left during that off season. I'll then do the life and times of Cleb, then Lehman, then Silver, and then Justin Hoy. I'll just do them week after week until I have to bow gracefully out of this whole tournament. Yeah, I, look, I've, I've got to look after Russ tonight at this Christmas party, Liam, so I think there might be tears at the bar. So, I feel uh, a bit like Newcastle, starting yeah. the season so well, and then you're just sort of falling away. I'll, I'll be your shoulder to cry on tonight, mate. <laughs> so, um, so, so, lads, it'll be the, um, the final quiz of the year next week. Um, we'll have an update on the scores the week after and then we'll pick it up again in January. Brilliant. Sounds good, Liam. Good work. Uh, Clarky, when can we either hear or see you again? Yeah, I will be uh, in on the match day show for the West Ham United game. Really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, hopefully Arsenal will pick up three points at the London Stadium. The final word. Well, the final word this week sees past meet present as Robert Perez and Reese Nelson chat about the art of shooting. First present. <laughs> Robert, uh, <laughs> you scored a lot of spectacular goals from outside the box. Great okay. finishes as well. And Perez! Perez. Oh, what a shot! Chelfer could help Perez. I learned, you know what? I, I learned with, a lot with uh, Dennis Bergkamp. And one day, Dennis Bergkamp, he said, you know, the most important is the first touch, uh -huh. the first control. Yeah. And if you make the good control, you can score. Pires. Trying to place it does to perfection. After the control, yeah. you need to 
to do very, uh, very quickly. And where was you hitting the ball? Was you me? My position, my sp or speciality yeah. was always like this. Yeah, because if you shoot like this, you see, yeah, the ball goes everywhere. Yeah. Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Pierre Mertesacker, Theo Walcott and Olivier Giroud, plus to Mark Mann, Bryans and Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing in the podcast, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well and find us these days on Acast. Remembering to get your questions into Clarkie for the chalkboard. That's on Twitter using the hashtag ArsenalWeekly. We're back on Monday, the 18th of December. And until then, it's bye for now. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.